This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Spoiler alert. What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. and welcome to episode number 64 of What Did You Watch This Week? My name is Mike. My name is John. And we're sitting in the same room for a change. I know. Everybody's asked me since we first started this podcast, well, what do you do? Do you always drive someplace? Do you go to a recording studio? And I was like, oh, no. no. Oh, we sit at our computers and use Skype. Yeah, over, over our headsets. But tonight we're trying something new. We're actually trying recording in the you know same vicinity. Live and in person. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little weird. It is. I'm, I'm used to like... Making these comments and like rolling my eyes or looking up at the ceiling or whatever, and now I'm like looking right at Mike and going, "Whoa, stop making eye contact." A lot of times this I'm pacing first around. Date. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot of times I'm pacing around with my headset on, but on mute. Uh, and that's when you hear there's a long pause. I'm like, "Oh, I'm still muted." <laughs> I've done that a few times too. Like mute something so that I can uh, take a drink and forget to unmute it. Yeah, or clear my throat or something of that nature. Yeah. And now we're gonna have all those. Sound effects in there. That's right. I am not fancy enough at editing to get them out. I am, but I don't think that I want to. Yeah. I, mean, no. I guess I could learn, but yeah. well, it's natural that way. So anyways, like I said, episode number 64. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really want to open up this week uh, talking about the loss of Adam West. This was a particular... We've talked in the past before. We've had different people that we've said, oh, we lost so-and-so this week. I mean... Uh, shortly after that, my Facebook came up like two days later. It was like on this day last year, Christopher Lee had died. Yeah. You know, but I think Adam West, he's right up there with if Stanley had passed away. Yeah. Which see, the thing for me is like if a celebrity dies, I'm just like, oh, that's too bad yeah. for me, a wrestler mostly like two years ago, basically almost to this day, you know, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes passed away. And it was like, Oh, that's terrible. You know, he's a young man, well, 60, 69, but still, I mean, that's still young. Yeah. And like, it's someone I grew up watching and everything. And so that's why I have more of an effect for me. And like, for me, Adam West, Batman, um, the original 1960s Batman series, I watched it in syndication as reruns when I was a kid in the early to mid eighties, every mm-hmm. morning before school, I would watch Batman. We watched Batman and then Bozo the clown, and then we'd have to hit the bus. So, and then on the weekends, I always watched it. My dad always watched it. So for me, like I watched, I love that series. I still do to this day. It's phenomenal. It was basically my introduction to Batman. It was my introduction to comic books, for the most part, or comic characters. And and you know, it's a it's a shame. It really is. The, one of the things about Adam West that I loved was the fact that he was always willing to poke fun at himself. Mm -hmm. Like most of the characters that he played, say mayor Adam West and family guy, um, you know, Catman on, uh, fairly odd parents, great character, you know, it was a spinoff of Batman. Yep. He willingly took these roles knowing that he was going to be the punchline of a joke. Absolutely. I mean, mayor Adam West was a joke and (laughs) and he had some funniest stuff. Hey man, you want some Adam West penis? <laughs> <laughs> um, his appearance on the, the Big Bang Theory is Adam West. I love the scene where they're in the car and they're discussing rating the Batmans, and it's like they're with Batman rating <laughs> Batman. <laughs> yes, and I love the point where um, 
one of them says, like, what about Christian Bale? He he personified him. I am Batman. And Adam West's response was like, I didn't have to say I am Batman. People knew I was Batman. <laughs> exactly. But, yes. uh, you know, so it was just, it was phenomenal. Yep. Phenomenal. And um, he's 88. Obviously, eventually all our heroes are probably going to die before we do it. I'm glad to hear that it was a very short battle with leukemia. Yeah, it was yeah. not long. It wasn't out, drawn out. Long. Well, they were they were scheduled to do a con up here in New England recently, and I saw that uh, him and Burt Ward, and it was listed as postponed indefinitely. Um, and obviously, we know why now. Yeah, because he was sick. But yep. uh, yeah, it really is a shame. It really makes me want to try in August to get down to see Stan Lee at Boston Comic Con. You know, because Stan's in his nineties. Yeah. And he's he's canceled a few cons of his own. Exactly. And, you know, he kind of almost every one. He's like, this may be the last one. So I, I can appreciate that. And I understand where you're coming from. For me, though, the thought of paying like a hundred dollars oh, to get know, a picture with him or that's the thing or an autograph or an or an autograph picture yeah. or an autograph. And what would you have to sign? I mean, like, so Rude and I were to talk about the same thing and we came to the conclusion that we wouldn't get anything signed. We yeah. would just get a picture with him for that price. But I mean. I said it makes me think about wanting to do it. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I, it, unfortunately. Because then you figure in the gas, the ticket price, the hotel. It's Boston, that you did. parking. I wouldn't do it a hotel, but I mean, at the very least, the parking. Yeah. You know, and you're the, looking at 40 bucks, the, the admission the they get in for the day, you know, and then it's. Uh, yeah. So Listen to us, the frugal nerds. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, we are. Well, it's, it's how we function. Yeah. So. It's a shame to wake up one day and see that Batman had died. Yeah. But, um, uh, here we are. Yep. Speaking of Batman. Yes. Speaking of that universe and that world. Yes. Let's talk about that two-part Gotham finale for this season. Uh, I, we already started on such a down note for the show. Now you're going to put us on a bigger down note. I figure this is the worst thing we have to talk about this week, so let's just get it out of the way so we can bring it back up. So, we've said this multiple times. It seems that Gotham hits its highs on either a season premiere, a season finale, or right after it comes back from a hiatus. Yes. Those seem to be its high points. Mm -hmm. So, I had hope. You know, the rest of the episodes are kind of the, you know cruising through the countryside with no discernible landmarks and you know you're coming up on the biggest ball of twine. Right. You know it's coming up oh, yeah. in the finale. Absolutely. And it's a two-parter. And in the same night, too, the night I'm going to drag it out, both episodes back-to-back. Yeah. You know, yeah, side like by right each. there, yes. And what a load of dog shit. Yeah. I mean, they killed Fish Mooney again. Again. And, and she even says, you know, I've done this enough to know that it's real. Yeah. How? Uh, well, you think she's going to be done this time? No. Neither do I. Um, I mean, Jada Pinkett Smith does have to get back to raising those precocious little children of hers. <laughs> Will's not doing anything, so. Nope. I don't know. I just. The whole was... Gordon. Gordon had that virus and fought it harder and longer and more than anyone else. Even after they said specifically, Jim, Jim, yeah. yeah, this stuff was more concentrated. It's affecting people faster. Yeah. That's why people are acting out yeah. so quickly. And yeah, he was right there when it was, he, he was infected before the bomb went off. But when the bomb goes off, you think he'd become even more infected. Yeah. And no, he manages to stave it off long enough. And then when even he's possessed, he's able to overcome it and, you know, give himself and Lee the uh, inoculation to 
the antiviral, the antidote, whatever you want to call it. Now, there is a lot to unpack here. A lot happened. But I've got to ask, what is it about the Batman universe that makes it so that the primary characters, usually Batman, in this case Jim Gordon, have to talk like this all the time? I don't know, but yeah, that's... It's going to be hell on the vocal cords. You would... Okay, I love the show Deadwood. And uh, Timothy Oliphant's character on that show, uh, Seth Bullock, was just angry all the time. And it's just like, I've never seen a character like this who's just, he's constantly angry. He's constantly looking like he's looking to fight. He's never smiling or laughing. He's got the angry tone going on. It's like his ass is clenched 24-7. And then now we have Jim Gordon. It's basically the same thing. You know, uh... Even, yeah, even dialed up at times. Yeah. But here's the thing. A lot happened in two hours, and yeah. yet at the end of it, nothing happened. In fact, I'm sorry. One oh. thing happened that was just garbage, but we'll get to Only that. one thing? Well, well, we'll we'll get to the whole resolution thing where we got to see the resolution of each character. But like you said with Gordon, he fights this, and Lee seems to have embraced it. Embraced her chaotic side. Yeah, but her chaotic side is that she loves Jim and wants to be with him. She wants him to unleash his inner beast so that they so can they be beasts beast together. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And then he does yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. And they both wear sunglasses on oh, a subway platform did underground. You, did you notice when Lee, well, because they had to hide the fact that their eyes are it possessed. It still looked stupid. Did you notice that when, when Lee was uh, possessed with the with the darkness there, uh, her boobs were in full front and center? Yes. And her hair was different. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. it, it's like turning evil makes you off seductive. She had yeah. the dark paint makeup on the eyes. She had like the straight hair. She had the she boobs. was Morticia Adams. She had yeah. She had the boobs fully uh, front and center. And then after she's had the antidote, and at the end when we see her getting on the uh, the train to leave, her hair is back to the way it was. She's got the housewife makeup on, and she's properly covered. So um, yeah, that was her. That was what. It brought out of her being slutty and wanting Jim. I, I just it was. This could have been a good storytelling mechanic. It could have been something to build the world around, but they they really screwed it up by relying so much on it. Yeah. They tried to do what um, Batman Begins did with the Scarecrow's fear gas. Yes, or even um, Arkham Asylum did the same thing. The game. Mm. Scarecrow's fear gas and trying to build upon that. And they kind of dropped the ball because they kept going away from it and then coming back to it. And then it was resolved, but then it wasn't. I mean, Tetch kept showing up in like the weirdest times. They just like pull him out whenever they needed to be like, oh, um, his blood can be used to synthesize a, a antidote. And so Nigma and Barbara figure it out, and they go kidnap him. Uh, that was last episode because that's when we had the little Mexican standoff. That right, was stupid. No, no, that's right. That was no. Penguin that they had. That was Pen- you're right. Well, no, but, well they kidnap him, and then they bring Penguin to swap for him, and then they got him, and they're trapped in the warehouse, and you know, so Jim cuts his throat to fill a mason jar full of blood so they can get the antidote, which was very like it was off screen graphic. Yeah. But it was like it was a whole jar and he even says, you know, like, boy, you never seen a jar of blood. Yeah. 
Yeah, Harvey's really okay with a lot of things that that Jim did in these couple episodes, or at least by the end of the see the end of the you know the finale. There, he seems to be okay with it, and he's like, "Let's go out and hit the road like we were beat cops." Yeah, you know. Yeah, even though I'm technically the acting interim, I'm captain. the captain, and you're my the best cop I've ever known. <laughs> allegedly, Jim walks into the office after all is said and done, right before yeah. that part, and he's like, "Can I come in?" And Harvey's like, "No," and he still walks in and closes the door and says, "Okay, so I got to talk to." He said no. He's a commanding officer. I don't know, dude. Like, it just, you know, Bruce stabs Alfred, and, of course, that makes him snap out of the trance he's been in, apparently. Doesn't just stab him, like, like, right through the heart. Yeah, yeah, he impales him. And then Raj, you know, Rachel Ghoul's like, use the Lazarus water to bring him back. Okay, I know that in Arrow... We, we touched upon the part where they said that Damien Dark stole some of the Lazarus Pit's magical waters so that he could set up his own thing and do his own thing and stay immortal. Right. Okay. It's been established. It's been established in the comics. But why would he have set up a Lazarus Pit area? But it doesn't make here? any sense. Yeah. Just to, it's like Bruce walks down into the tunnel and all the, the League of Assassin guys walk out and stand in front of him and bar his way. Yeah. They stand there, they're like, no, you're not getting past us. He turns around, and another guy appears right behind him, points over his shoulder yeah. to the guys that are blocking his way. Bruce turns back around, and all the guys get out of his way. Why did they block him in the first place? Why didn't they just walk out and stand there and be like, come this way? It didn't make any sense. Yeah. They could have done a little, be our guest, be our guest, but no. No, no. So, and then he has this whole Lazarus pit set up in there just to save Alfred's life, apparently, because right. he knew Bruce would kill him. Yeah, and then Raish Al Ghul says a line that actually made me cringe when he talks about Bruce because there's still time for him to be the knight in the darkness. Get uh, yeah, it? He's the dark knight. Yeah. I don't know. Wasn't a fan of this. And I'm, you know, I'm just going to quickly summarize uh, the, the final episode there. Uh, Bruce revives Alfred in the Lazarus Pit, tells him to make his own decision so he becomes the master vigilante. Riddler is taken by Penguin and frozen as a trophy at his new nightclub. Barbara shoots Butch in the head, and then Tabitha later electrocutes her during a fight. Uh, Butch is in a coma. We find out his name is Cyrus Gold. I didn't know who that was. I had to look it up. Apparently, he is a super strong zombie supervillain that was created in 1944 to battle the Green Lantern. Solomon Grundy. Solomon Grundy, yes. On Monday. Yep. And then Tabitha... He's changed a lot over the years. Clearly he has. Uh, Tabitha becomes the mentor to Selena, including her first whip lesson. But does she even need whip lessons? Because Apparently not, because she is old natural. Oh, yeah, just stands back there some 20 feet, latches yep. out, and smashes that bottle. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean... Did, did you see what I was saying? I mean... Uh, the actress that plays Selena. Yeah. I didn't look her up on IMDb. No. She's supposed to be playing a 16 year old. Yeah. She's wearing a leather jacket that is unzipped to the navel. Yeah. No bra or anything. Right. So that her cleavage is hanging out. But you know what? Is in it, a 16 year old. Is it cleavage? Because it looks like it's like a gold lace from a shirt that's masking as cleavage. I didn't see that. Well, I don't know. Maybe. I remember like I was distracted by it because I'm like, what? What is sticking out of the collar of her shirt? It just, I don't know. I and, and then Bruce, they do that big heroic angle scene of Bruce standing on the rooftop with his trench coat. And it's kind of flapping, almost like a cape. Yeah. And he's got his long, dumbass, stupid turtleneck that he wears. I hate those turtleneck sweaters. Yeah. 
Yeah, that he had pulled up over his face with a mask the, on. The bottom part, and then a ski mask yeah, on top. Yeah, yeah. But, but then uh, even though nobody's up there and nobody would be seeing it, and he can see out of it perfectly fine. He takes the mask off. He takes it off so that he can pose. Did, did you find it kind of odd that he beat the crap out of a mugger? Yeah. I mean, just beat him right to submission, right. left him there on the ground, and then in the time it took them to pan over to the family and then pan back, he had already made it to the top of the roof. Well, didn't you hear the sound effects of him climbing the whole time? He's not a spider monkey. Didn't you hear the sound effects? I heard the sound He's effects. Batman. It's ridiculous. He's I will say this. I did not expect them to go with, at the end of the season, Bruce becoming a mass vigilante as a teenager. They always said that they weren't going to bring Batman into the show. They said the show is not about Batman. Right. They changed their mind, apparently. Well, it certainly isn't about the correct correct usage of the Batman universe. Right. So, I mean, think about this. Batgirl, which I'm assuming won't exist in this Gotham universe, is only a few years younger than Batman. Yeah. And now... And, and James Gordon's her dad. Well, he hasn't even got a girlfriend impregnate right now. <laughs> and Batman, uh, Bruce is 16. Yeah. So, I mean, like, by the time he meets someone, gets her pregnant, has a girl. Now, Bruce is 18 or 19. And Although, and then why would he name her Barbara after crazy-ass ex-Barbara? Well, here's some more continuity issues. Um, Alfred said in these episodes, yeah. three years ago when you lost your parents. Yeah. So he was 13? Apparently. Most of the other stories, and in fact, this one seemed to lead you to believe that he was like around eight, yeah. nine years old. Um, uh, a little off there. A little off there. Um, but there's just there's just a lot of things. A lot of things. I, but. So they replicated Jabba's palace by letting Penguin have the frozen block of carbon, I mean ice, <laughs> Riddler in it, posing like the running man. No. Yeah. And, and how is it that that Frice could freeze him into a perfect cubed block. Maybe they maybe they whittled it down after. Do you hire a contractor for that? Well, here's the do thing. You, like, here's put the out thing. an Adam Craigslist. Not like, it's not like Nigma was like in a space where they could the ice would build around him, and he was in open area, so only he would freeze. Everything around him wouldn't. There's nothing True. to stop it. True. Um. Barbara shooting Butch in the head. I was like, finally, we're done with this guy. But oh, no. Nope. No, we're going to make him Solomon Grundy. Dumbest thing ever. And so then is Barbara actually stupid. dead? Of course she's not. This is what I was getting at. Barbara gets electrocuted, yeah. left on the ground. She. So we've got Riddler, who's still alive. Yeah. We've got Fish Mooney, yeah. maybe, maybe dead. Maybe probably, not. probably will come back. Um, Hugo Strange, definitely alive. Yeah. Um, we have to assume that Tetch is dead because, you know, haven't you ever seen the jar of blood? Right, right. Penguin. Penguin is alive. Poison yeah. um, Ivy's around. Poison Ivy's around. Now we're going to have Solomon Grundy for some ungodly reason. And they're not even going to do him right. They're just going to have him be like an undead revenant. Right. You know, they're not going to have the superhuman strength and, and the I don't, still I ability. Don't, I don't and, see him lasting too many episodes beyond maybe one or two when he finds Tabitha. But it's Gotham. Yeah. And now we've got Selina becoming a whipmaster with one whip. Right. And Bruce is a vigilante, and this was just, it was terrible. So do you think Barbara's going to end up being Harley Quinn? No. They've talked about how they're going to have Harley Quinn as the main villain this next season. They said that they were going to kind of hint at her in one of these episodes. I don't know if maybe there was like some graffiti on the wall or something that I missed that said, you know, Harleen Quinzel or something. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Comes back this fall. 
But again, how do you have Harley Quinn without a Joker? Harley Quinn was created because of the Joker. I know. Anyway. Uh, they've done a lot of stuff here that's not continuity-wise and with the rest of any of the other universes. And so. it is moving to Thursday come this fall. For whatever reason. I don't know if that's going to make a difference. Anyhow, um, in this week's Fargo, uh, last week ended with the, uh, like I said, with the girlfriend and on the bus. And I talked about how we saw Mr. Wrench from season one. And I thought when the bus flipped that this guy that was coming on, because I didn't recognize him because he had this like wolf head on, was coming to rescue him. But he wasn't. He was coming to kill her. And so this episode was basically Mr. Wrench and her. And he's deaf and mute, by the way. And they were handcuffed together with a long chain one like through a thing. Um, is them basically being tracked as they run through the woods to escape. And it was, it was a really good episode, actually. It was one of the better ones of the season hmm. so far. Um, I'm not going to go into greater detail than that. I just thought it was going to be a one-off with Mr. Ranch. And then when I saw that they were not coming to save him, I thought for sure he'd get killed in this episode, which kind of annoyed me because I liked him as a character. Mm-hmm. Instead, no, he's still the same badass he was. Nice. In fact, he's even made to look a little bit tougher. So with three episodes left, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see where it goes. Not kind of. I'm very interested to see where it goes. Um, would you watch? Uh, my quick synopses, American Gods, good. Uh, I actually thought of a good thing. I was mowing the lawn the other day. I uh, had somebody who wrote a story and asked me to read it. Said, you know, let me know what you think about this. And one of the things that I told him was, you've obviously got this great world built up in your head. You've got this story and you know where it's going and you know what's going to happen. You're not giving enough of that to the reader. You're not letting them in on the secrets enough. You don't have to just front load everything and say, this is the world, this is what's happening. But if you, if you keep everything behind the scenes and you're only showing like one bit at a time, then your audience eventually is going to go, look, this isn't for me. And I think that's part of the problem with American Gods is that it's all in their head. They know what's going on. We're getting these little tiny glimpses, yeah. but they're not giving us enough to actually like want to, I don't know. I'm still watching it. So obviously I want to you know a little bit, but it's definitely, it feels like the people who are running it, maybe this was even Neil Gaiman in the uh, book are, um, they're smarter than the rest of us, or they think that they are. I don't know. It's like those lateral thinking puzzles. You know, I'm sure that you've heard these before. The one that I always remember is a man walks into a restaurant, sits down, looks at the menu, sees that there is seagull on there. And he goes, I'll try the seagull. And they go out back and they cook him a plate of seagull and they bring it out. And he bites into it and he immediately runs to the bathroom and throws up. Why? And that's the thing. That's all the answer that you're given. Yeah. And you're supposed to laterally think. And you'll say, like, you know, was it undercooked? Nope. Was it too hot? Was it too cold? Does he have an allergy? All this stuff. No. And it turns out that the answer is, oh, well, he spent several years marooned on an island with a friend of his. And they... How did it go? It was something like um, his friend said, you know, oh, here's some seagull. And it turned out that he was actually eating a person. Like the third person, that the dead body that had washed up, his friend was cooking the body and saying that it was seagull. So as soon as this guy tasted real seagull, he realized that what he had been eating before was not seagull, and it was a person, and it made him throw up. And you think, wow, 
why should I have been able to figure that out? Yeah, yeah. That's so obscure. That's what I feel like with shows and movies and, and stories like this is you don't need to make me work that hard to understand the world that you're trying to create. So to American gods, that's what I say, you know, let us enjoy the world without having to work so hard to understand what you're doing. Hmm. And the handmaid's tale was good. We're almost done with that one. It's, yes. it's twisted. Um, I've been watching casual. It's a, they're in the third season. It's a Hulu original. My wife and I watched the first season together. And then the second season, she kind of stopped watching near the end because the second, the show is essentially about a guy who makes a dating app and the term casual is in reference to casual sex. Mm-hmm. And the second, Nothing wrong with that. The second season just got like, I'm not going to say grotesquely raunchy, but it was very raunchy. Okay. Like, unnecessarily at times, especially with the daughter who is supposed to be depicted as like a 16 year old. Obviously the actress is not Mm -hmm. anyways. um, So my wife was kind of turned off and she never finished watching. I finished watching just for the sake of it. Mm -hmm. And then, well, there's like two episodes left. Okay. You know, I just finished already that far. Yeah. 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 And then I actually, um, I was working on a blog the other day and I had it on Hulu watching a different show. And it, when that got over, it automatically started the first episode of the new season of casual and it was playing. I wasn't really paying much attention, but then I found myself watching it. And, um, I've now I've watched the first five episodes of this season. I think we're up to episode six now. Um, but I've watched the first five and I'm surprised it's, it's back to being really good. Hmm. You know, I mean, it's not as it's it's like they saw, OK, we went overboard on season two. We're going to tone it back down on season three to kind of where season one is. As a matter of fact, it has of all the seasons, it actually has the least amount of sex in it as the other two. But it has more a better story. OK, the storyline they're building is better. It's more entertaining. It So anyways, cool. Yeah. Um, Downward Dog was good again this week. I yeah. know it's a half hour sitcom. It comes on ABC right about the time the middle does, so yeah. I'm surprised you haven't picked it up. But, you know, this week's episode was all about him discovering that he thought he was perfect, but he didn't. And it has a really good line. He says, you know, I think that being willing to love yourself when you know that you're this flawed is one of the bravest things that you can do in life. It's it's the dog having the messages, but they're meant to be for people as right. well. You know, I don't have to be the perfect dog. I don't have to look great and be intelligent and to still be loved. Good show. Yeah. Um, well, the only, I only have one more show to talk about, but I almost want to save that for the end. Sure. Um, and I know you, you did not watch dark matter. I did not. The first two episodes of dark matter were on last Friday night, uh, as we record this on Tuesday and I had not have a chance to watch them. It was a busy weekend. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Did you watch good. them? I did. And um, I'm not going to get into too much detail, but it felt good. Yeah. Like I was worried that we were going to come back into this season and they'd be like, Hey, we got renewed again. So who cares? But they picked right up where they left off, right where they left off. And they had, they've already had like the first episode was just kind of, because the, the last season left on a bit of a cliffhanger Yeah, and it was resolution of that. And then it just continued right from there. They just jumped right back into it. And really interesting, scientifical thing in the next episode. Cool. I can't wait to check it out. I mean, I enjoyed the first two seasons. Mm. And uh, the only other thing other than what you want to talk about that I watched was Eye Zombie. 
And yeah. that's just one of those shows that I'm always going to say, it's a great show. It's based yeah. on a comic book. It's fun. It's frolicky. You're really missing out if you're not watching this show. So, um, I watched a couple movies this week. As did I. Uh, I watched the, the wife and I and my daughter. We got uh, my son had a sleepover for a birthday party at a friend's house. So I hit the red box and I got my daughter Beauty and the Beast, the new live action. My wife wanted to watch it. I'll be honest, I kind of want to watch it as well. Um, good movie. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. We enjoyed it. Um, not racing to watch it again. <laughs> uh, but if you like musicals, which I do. Yeah, I do um, as well. And if you like the Beauty and the Beast cartoon, then you'll you'll like the movie. I mean, they did. I mean, the live action movie they do a great job, kind of uh, with the music and, and the storytelling, and then making it as much like the movie as they the cartoon, you know, as they could. So, and apparently, it's my wife's favorite Disney cartoon. So, she really enjoyed the movie as well. I think for most most women that I know, it's either The Little Mermaid or Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I know one who it's Mulan. Yeah. But I think pretty much it's either Little Mermaid or Beauty and the Beast for most. See, when I was a kid, the Disney cartoon movie that I watched the most was Lady and the Tramp. Hmm? I'm not sure why, but I just really was a big, big fan of that. That was a good one. It wasn't, I mean, I wasn't a kid, but I think that my most watched and most loved would have to go Aladdin. Yeah. And then maybe it would be toss up between The Lion King and Hercules. Um, the Great Mouse Detective. It's pretty awesome. My son went through a phase where he absolutely loved watching that movie, um, and it's well, it's you know, it's based, kind of based on Sherlock Holmes. Yep. So I mean, why, I love Sherlock Holmes. So why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you like it? But, um, I watched uh, a Netflix original movie called Shimmer Lake. Go on, and uh, well, I tell you, it's I'm, I'm not going to talk too much about it because I want you to watch it. Mm-hmm. I think I actually think if you have Netflix, you, you need to do yourself a favor and watch it. Uh, it stars, okay, one of the people that it stars in is Rain Wilson. It's definitely not a comedy. He has a few comedic parts, but essentially what it is, it's a bank heist story. Of uh, And Rain Wilson is involved in the bank heist. His brother is the town sheriff. And this is essentially the investigation of this bank heist. However, the movie is told in reverse order. It starts on Friday. He ends on Tuesday, so it goes Friday, Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, or ends on Wednesday or Tuesday, doesn't matter. Um, so the movie's told in reverse order, which is kind of neat, and it's 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 weird because you're watching the movie unfold like, I think I can describe this, I don't want to ruin it, but as you're watching the movie, it, you're, you're watching it in reverse order. So you're learning how, what you know, like you're seeing what happened and then you're learning how the, you know, you're, you're seeing Friday and then you're watching Thursday. So you can say, okay, this is why this happened on Friday. It's, it's, would you say it's like memento without the short term memory loss, but less confusing. Okay. And more like, Ooh, Ooh, that's cool. That's cool. So maybe they made it simpler. And then like, Essentially, I don't want to ruin it, but essentially when you get to Tuesday, on Tuesday, somebody unveils their plan of what, of, you know, of like what's going to happen or what they think is going to happen or whatever. And as they're unveiling their plan, you're realizing that you just watched everything they're talking about. And so it's kind of cool in that respect. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I do like Netflix original stuff. Yeah, and I, I got I, I was very surprised. The movie's only like an hour and a half long, so it's not even a long commitment. Maybe an hour and forty minutes or whatever. 
it's really not even a long commitment to sit down and watch it. Um, and it's well worth your time. Well worth your time. Cool. Yeah. I watched The Accountant. I saw that. Yeah. What'd you think? I watched it. I will definitely not watch it again. See, I actually liked it. It, it wasn't bad. It was not yeah. a bad movie. No. But it was very predictable. Um, yeah. It was very um, drawn out in places. Yep. Um, and I kind of got what they were trying to do with the whole mental illness is, right. you know, maybe not a bad thing. I wrote a paper about that in school at one point, you know, right. maybe... Maybe this is not a bad thing. They're just thinking differently. But I, I just, I didn't hate it, but I definitely would not put it up on my top movie list. It was not something that I would recommend to people. I don't think it's something I'd watch anytime soon either, but I, I didn't think it was all that bad. No, it wasn't. I was expecting it to be a lot worse. I remember with the previews, I looked at it and said, that's going to be dope. So did you expect uh, Ben Affleck and the other Hitman guy to be brothers? Yes. See, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I saw it 100%. What I did see coming was, like, the person he keeps calling on the phone was the girl who can't talk and at, at the at the oh, home. Yeah, like, yeah. I saw that that was the person that he yep. was dealing with. I picked up that, that you know what I mean? Because in his life, that's really the only person he trusts. Right. Um, John Barenthal as the other hitman's yes. brother. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw that because... In all the stuff that we saw, his brother was taking care of him, but you knew that that had to be taking a toll on him. They were both training equally hard to yeah. do equally the same. Yeah. I, I'm not saying like, oh, you should have seen it coming, but yeah, that's I, I predicted that. I was like, oh, let me guess. This is going to be his brother. When they did the reveal, I did kind of groan a little bit. I was like, okay. Yeah. And then they even sat there, and he's like, oh, we haven't seen each other. And they have, yeah. Pop, pop did this and ruined the funeral, and you're like, stop it. Meanwhile, you know, John Lithgow was like, come on, kill each other. Right, exactly, yeah. I watched a movie on Netflix called Headshot. Okay. It's an Indonesian flick. It stars, I'm going to I'm gonna totally ruin this name, but it stars, Excellent. yeah. Um, Iko Uwais. Okay. Uh, he was the star of the Raid Redemption movies, and he was in this other movie. The first movie I saw him in was also on Netflix. It was called uh, Marintau, or Marintu. Anyhow, basically, it's a solid flick. It's about a guy who works for a well, it's about a guy who gets shot in the head. He goes into a coma, wakes up, gets amnesia, meets the pretty doctor that waited by his side. Starts to remember that as a child, he was enslaved as a kid and raised to be a killer. Uh, he had turned on them, which gets him shot in the head. Now they're coming for him, and they kidnap the pretty doctor. And then he comes for them, and then there's a showdown. And there's lots of fighting and lots of killing. And they live happily ever after. But uh, ultimately, though, it was a, the story isn't the most complex story in the world. You know, it's not the most detailed or entailed or whatever. But when you're watching an action movie of this, a kung fu action movie, you're watching it for the action. You're not watching it for the you know fantastic storyline in this respect. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a great movie. Uh, phenomenal action. Great fight scenes, great action scenes, you know, and um, yeah, I, I would recommend it if you're a fan of that type of movie. I will say this. The original language is Indonesian. And for whatever reason, Netflix defaulted to Spanish. <laughs> so as I'm watching it in Spanish with English subtitles, I'm like, all right, well, that guy kind of looks Mexican. <laughs> but 
none of these other guys do. They are clearly all Asian. And I'm like, I know Ikoes is, is like Indonesian or something, but you never know because a lot of like foreign movies like that, you'll have stars from all these different countries in it, and they'll speak multiple different languages in the movies. Um, so I actually end up stopping it and going and double-checking and confirming, yes, it is the original language of the film is Indonesian. And there's a lot of English sprinkled in, too. Um, so I changed it to that, and now everything made more sense. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> the only other movie that I watched this week, did you watch anything? You, you got one movie in there, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we basically got one movie and one TV show left to watch, talk about. I think we do. Um, do you have any trailers? Yes, two of them. Which one? Which two? One that I sent to you, and I said we need to talk about this. That would be SEAL Team. Now, I... New TV show with David Boreanaz. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. What's your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are, this is not going to last. Oh, gosh, no. Um, David Boreanaz is a big star. Yeah. Now, Bones stayed on for several years. Yep. Angel was on for five years. I mean, the guy's got star material, but my thought is... They're trying to mix two different worlds. Yeah. Some people would be excited about this because it's got the whole Navy SEAL team. Right. And they'd be like, yeah, you know, this is what I want. But it seems like there's equal or maybe more focus on the family aspect. How are these yeah. guys trying to cope with having a family? And, you know, you see all of them together at like a recital or something like that. And then all their phones go off. So all the husbands have to leave and their wives are all like, mm, your daughter wants you to be here for her recital. Yeah. And when, I, when I first saw the trailer, I wasn't sure if it was a TV show or movie at first as I'm watching it. It was, and then near the end, you're like, oh, this is going to be a TV show. And the trailer pretty much showed us the whole first episode. Yeah. And when I thought it was going to be a movie, I was like, this could be a decent movie. And then when I'm like, oh no, this is going to be a, a quickly canceled TV show. Yeah. I feel the same way about the new um, SWAT TV show, mm -hmm. you know, with Hondo. Mm -hmm. like, that's not going to last. That's, I love Shamar Moore. Yeah, you too. But I'm glad he's back on TV. But yeah, they're taking the concept of SWAT, which yeah. is SWAT, yeah. Special Weapons and Tactics. All right. Uh, they go in when nobody else can do it. And they're boiling it down to race relations. Yep. Yeah, so, they basically even say so as much in the trailer when yeah. they say, "Well, we gave you the promotion because you know you you you're like them." Yeah. Um, the other trailer that I watched, which was kind of a surprise, I didn't even see this coming. Maybe I talked about it earlier, but uh, Netflix is doing the Adams Family TV series. Okay, I didn't know there was a trailer, but I'd heard about that. I, it popped up on my feed the other day from a very unexpected source, and I watched it, and it looks good. Yeah, from, I've heard it sound from what I've heard. You know, one of the things I read, but I, like I said, I didn't watch the trailer. It sounded good. Check out the trailer if you get a chance. It looks good. And I like the movies. I like the old TV series. Same here. Day. And actually, we were watching, like a few months ago, we were we were watching that actually as a family, the uh, the old series. On yeah. TV. Yeah. Um, so you didn't watch the Black Panther trailer? Oh, yes, I did. Yes. It wasn't? No. It didn't excite me. It didn't excite me either. It kind of, and I know this is going to come off sounding racist, but please listen, hear me out here. Yeah. It gave me the same kind of vibe as like a Luke Cage kind of thing. That's exactly what I got. Because it felt all political like Luke Cage did. Yep. Everything in Luke Cage was all politics. The city council, yep. you know, who was going to be running for office. And that's what this felt like. Every other Marvel movie 
has had its own gimmick, has had its own thing. Um, in this one, they're talking about the country, where it is, um, what are we going to do to find it, and then it's all about who's ruling it, yep. the politics, the strife. The action sequences looked cool, yep. but I don't need to see another political movie, especially where we open on Martin Freeman, yeah. a politician, bureaucrat, whatever, uh, interviewing Andy Serkis, aka Ulysses Claw, yeah. kind of funny. You know, you've got uh, Frodo and or Bilbo and yeah, Gollum right there. Um, but I just I kind of wanted Benedict Cumberbatch to come in and growl, <laughs> just to have smog as well. But anyway, um, yeah, it just I don't know. What are you? Well, okay, so again, I. When I watched the trailer, I didn't get overly excited about it. Like, I have faith in Marvel, though. Yeah. Because I do. Yeah. Um, like, right now, like, for instance, when I watched the Spider-Man trailer, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I watched the Thor trailer, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. You know? But when I watched this, I was just like, yeah. Yeah. It didn't overexcite me. But I have so much They faith. called it a teaser. Yes. So I have faith that they're saving the real sizzle. Right. Like, we just got the pan warmed up with the oil. Yeah, but they're saving the steak. I just have enough faith in Marvel that I'm just like, yeah, I'm not even gonna fret. Um, I saw that they someone had leaked the Inhumans, Inhumans teaser. Uh, I didn't watch that. I've seen one, but it doesn't even have any footage. Yeah. It's just voices. Um, today though, earlier I watched uh, the trailer for the Flatliners reboot, remake, or whatever with Ellen Page. How does that look? Um. Okay, I remember the concept of the first Flatliners movie, mm-hmm. and if you look at the cast now, holy crap, right? <laughs> you know, his son, Julia Robertson, I think he yeah. Kevin Bacon's in there. Kevin Bacon, yeah, oh, yeah. Tremendous cast, and basically it's a bunch, takes place in the 90s, so when you watch the trailer, you know, the technology obviously is enhanced greatly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah. 2017 where they make this, and um, I think it comes out August, September. It looks very interesting. Like, yeah. I don't know if I'll run to the theater to watch it, but when it finds its way on home video, it'll it'll find my way on its way up to my TV. I did sort of watch another one, yep. and it's one that I've seen a shorter version of before. But E three this year, their big thing on IGN was that they were brought to you by Atomic Blonde. I okay, holy god, yeah, that's gonna be a fun. Yes, uh, I went to the movies with Paul earlier this week, and we got an Atomic Bomb, Atomic uh, Blonde trailer I hadn't seen. That looked really really good. Yeah. Um, it was funny. I went. I went and saw a movie that you saw, and it, you know, and, and we got that trailer. We got the Justice League trailer. We got a Spider-Man trailer. We got a Thor trailer. It was hilarious. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only other thing I have I want to bring up: Ash vs Evil Dead season two is coming out on DVD and Blu-ray August twenty-second. Cool. Yeah. Um, so you want to talk about the movie and talk about the show? What do you want to talk about the show and then say? All right, we're going to talk about this movie. So if you haven't seen it, stop now. Let's do that, yeah. Right, so, good. Doctor Who. Doctor Who. I'm going to say it again for the ninth week in a row. Sure. I hear that theme music. <laughs> I get jacked up. It, I, I love it. Jackable music. Love it. That sounded yeah, wrong. Yeah. Sounded yeah. Let's, like, let's early, rewind. Like earlier one. this week when I sat in a chair at work after someone else, and the chair was super warm, and I said to this person, geez, female co-worker, your ass sure is hot. <laughs> What I mean by that is, yeah. the seat that you were just sitting in is quite warm. The damage is done. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, anyways. Just note to everybody, I do not masturbate to the Doctor Who theme song. Whatever I just said. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so, uh, we go to Mars. Yep. Again. Again. We've done well, this many times. I do like how they open up in the NASA control center somehow. <laughs> and the, the, the employee, like, how did you get in here? And, and they, they never answer that question. They just, you know, they see that there's a formation under the ice says, God save the queen. So, boom, we're going to Mars. Yep. And uh, not just to Mars. Mars back when it 1881 originated. Yes, yes. The TARDIS says it happened in 1881. So, that's where we're going. That's right. And we meet the ice warriors. Again. Again. One of them. One. With some British expeditionary. Some Victorian-era British soldiers. It feels like we had, like, that four-episode arc with the monks. Yes. And this has all been so next-level who, next-level who, next-level who, that they threw this episode in there to literally be like, remember what who used to be like? Yes. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. This was so... Cheesy and classic and old school that I loved it. Yes, absolutely. We even got a Victorian era British expedition forces, yes. like not two guys, no. like like whole, yeah, a whole and, and regiment. One is such an arrogant prick because we're British. That's right. So that makes he's entitled, and Mars is part of the <laughs> British Empire now. Yes, because they claimed it. They had a flag. Had a, yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, but like you said, this is so old school classic Doctor Who. We even got a cameo from Alpha Centurion, which which was awesome, which was amazing. It was just on a video screen. Uh-huh. Um, but I looked it up. Uh, this character was introduced in 1972. For those who can't do math, that was 45 years ago. And love this show. The actress who did the voice in 1972. Did the actress did the voice nice. this time? That's it's, awesome. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce her name because it is it is a five dollar word. But the woman is 92 years old. Wow! And they still got her. And they got her to do the voice of of the character Outstanding. now. Outstanding. See, I, I had to look that up. Outstanding. I was like, did they go with that much continuity? <laughs> yes, they did. Oh, that's great! Phenomenal, right? Very phenomenal. Yes. So essentially. We have the Ice Warriors, the Ice Warrior, who they dubbed Friday. He's there with the British soldiers, and he's essentially using them to get to his queen. Yep. And they wake up the queen, and the British soldiers Because the like, queen kind of... She's hibernated. She's hibernated, and she, kind of like a queen bee, she would be the key to unlocking the rest of the Ice Warriors. Which they refer to as a hive. Yes. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, the British soldiers were promised riches and gold. They're not finding any. Nope. But when they find the Queen's sarcophagus or whatever, it's full of gems and it looks like it's encrusted with encrusted, yes, yes. And they wake her up by prying some of the gems off. One particular officer who believes that he's due more than Absolutely. Yeah. He hasn't been paid enough. Right. And they're running low on food and they need to get back to Earth. Yep. Um, so she wakes up. There's a confrontation, and she wakes up everybody else, and now they're at war. Quick to go to war. Because the Ice Warriors are warriors. Well, they're warriors. It's literally in warriors their name. Warriors in their name. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. They have that, those neat uh, beam weapons that fold people up into like a... Like dirty laundry. Like what you do with socks after you clean them, you know? Kind of ball them up into that little... Yeah, yeah that was kind of comical. Yeah. And they did it a couple of times. A lot of time. Yeah. So, but essentially, Doctor Who, of course, he sees, like, 
be suspect of what they're doing when they're drilling that Friday's leading them west, right? Mm-hmm. No one believes him, of course. And then once they wake up the queen, he tries to broker, you know, peace. But of course, the humans screw that up. And what I liked about this episode was Doctor Who, the Doctor has always been, you know, the, the protector of Earth. Mm-hmm. He says that many, many times this Earth planet is under my protection. Yep. These humans are under my protection. These creatures are under my protection. However, in this episode, he says well, the humans are the invaders. The humans are the ones at fault. The humans are the wrong ones. However, the ice warriors are outman them, outgun them, out can outfight them. So what do, what do I do? Yeah. He had, he had a conundrum. He did. Which was nice. It was. It was cool to see that, yes. Because yeah. very... Very rarely are humans the aggressors when they have the interaction with the aliens. On Doctor Who. On Doctor Who, yes. Every other <laughs> show, the movie. show they are, yes. They're always. But on Doctor Who, they're rarely are they the aggressors. They're the ones that are getting invaded. Exactly. And, and yeah, then they start firing off shots. But Right. Well, because they're scared. Yep. Um, but essentially, you know, in the end, he's just resolved. Bad guys are killed. Good guys are together. And the Doctor calls... Alpha Centauri, to uh, help the uh, Ice Warriors get off Mars. Now, in the meantime, something went wrong with the TARDIS. And it recalled itself back to the university. Back to the university at the exact time and place. And Nardole, being Nardole, who's simultaneously, like, steadfast, strong, smart, and cowardly, juvenile, idiotic... I don't know how he does both of them, but he does both of them. So he decides he can't get the TARDIS to work. It doesn't want to go back to Mars for some reason. Whatever it's doing, he's trying it. He's pulling the levers. It's it's like it's going through the motion, but then it just stays right where it is. So he says, I'll go to the only other living being on this planet that I know of who could help me with this and says, hey, Missy, can you help me fix it? And she's like, of course I can. He's like, whew. Yeah. But you know, it'd be easier to show you than to just tell you. And he's like. Hmm. Yeah. So by the end of the episode, we finally get the resolution on that, yep. which is that he shows up. <laughs> what did you tell the doctor? Like, before you go get grumpy. Yes. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, And then the doctor sees that Missy's on the TARDIS and very uncharacteristic for Doctor Who. Yes. But the final scene is like him walking up to Missy. Yeah. And they have a little exchange. And then she goes, but tell me, doctor, are you all right? Yeah. And then it just ends. Like, that's it. Yeah, he basically says, like, you know I have to put you back in the in the tomb. And she's like, oh, absolutely, of course. But are you okay? Yeah. Like, she's concerned for his health. And we know that he's already gone through the blindness. The monks restored that. But we we know he's regenerating. We know this is going to happen. Outside, yes. the breaking the fourth wall. Right. But inside the show, there have been all these things. When he did the fooling thing with um, Bill. At least some of, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, what did you think about the regeneration energy? Was it too much? We could find out. You know, we've seen in past seasons that when he regenerates, it sometimes takes a long time. Yeah. You know, David Tennant had that whole thing where he got his hand cut off and then it regrew. And he was like, well, it's a long process. River Song, um, Matt Smith, you know, each one of them. Even Capaldi you yeah. know, was in his nightcap and gown and stuff like that and, you know, was confused. We could find out that this whole season... He didn't just go blind. He died. Yes. And he's been regenerating the whole time and trying to hold it in. Because David Tennant even held it on for a long time. 
And then it got to the point where he couldn't hold it anymore. And one of the most heartbreaking scenes ever, he's like, I'm not ready to go. And then he's gone. And now we have Matt Smith. I mean, yeah, he, he really did because he had the yeah. time. We've talked about this before. He had the time to go see everybody that he had visited. That was that was probably one of the best Doctor Who episodes ever that I've seen of this new 2005 relaunch is when he's going to see uh, – they're wrapping up all these people that are no longer going to be on the show. Yep. All these people, all these characters. And every, I think it was only – yeah, all of them. Yep. Um, so we have three episodes to go. And I was doing some research on these three episodes. The last two are listed as like an A and a B. So the last two are a two-parter mm-hmm. um, right through through July 1st. They're all – the last two are written and direct – are written by Stephen Moffat, directed by Rachel Talalay or whatever. But one thing I, I also thought was interesting was the Christmas special slated for Christmas 2017 is also written by Moffat and directed by her. Mm-hmm. So it looks like that's when their run's going to finish up. I recently saw that they have settled on who will be the next doctor, but they have don't not. Who it is. They have not announced it yet. Do you think we'll see in this episode at the last episode of this season, or do you think that'll be the Christmas special? I've heard that Capaldi's going to be in the Christmas special. I don't know if it'll be a two doctors kind of thing or if yeah. it'll be a flashback, but I've heard that he will be in the Christmas episode. So I don't know. Um, I liked how they did it with Capaldi. It was on the Graham Norton show. They did a worldwide reveal. Nobody knew. Oh, yeah. And they did a countdown, and he walked onto the stage, and I was like, I don't know who this guy is. And everybody in Britain was like, oh. They, they knew. Right. right. So they um, might do something the same way. Yeah. I, um, I'll say this. I was talking about this. Uh, there was something I, I saw. Red or whatever. It was just a headline. I didn't clickbait headline. I didn't click on it. Basically, it said like, "Oh, major characters leaving Doctor Who." Da, 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 da. And it's like, okay, well, first of all, I'm, I'm going to click on this, and they're going to say it's the Doctor, which we know, or they're going to say it's you know the actress that plays Missy, which we know. Mm-hmm. And I had it led I'd to, also heard Bill. Well, that was thing. It led to a discussion with someone where we're you know basically with the show we're getting new showrunner, you know we're getting a new executive producer, new showrunner. Getting a new doctor, um, and the debate is: Are we going to they going to keep Bill on, or are they going to bring in a new companion? And basically, like start, they did with Smith, exactly start everything from scratch, start everything over. And I like Bill. I'd mm-hmm. like to see Bill be another season. Yep. We really, it's kind of weird. I almost feel like as as much as we have seen her this season, we haven't really learned right like that much about her. I like agree. we have some of the other companions in the past. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to see her on. Absolutely. Um, so, okay. Uh, for those listening who don't want to hear about uh, Wonder Woman, Woman, stop now. In two weeks, we're we're a show that does spoilers, so we are going to be discussing Wonder Woman in some detail. Yes. So, if you don't want to hear, then you know, have a good rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next week. But the spoiler-filled discussion is going to start now. So I'm just going to say, I love this movie. I really like, I, we watched the trailers. We talked about how the trailers looked good all the way back to last January, you know. But it scared us. But it scared us because it screwed everything up so bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked Man of Steel. We know how we feel about Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad. Yeah. The Justice League trailer. Actually, I will say this. The trailer I saw at Wonder Woman was the first trailer I saw that I was like, that actually looks pretty good. Hmm. I saw the same trailer. Did not feel the same way. That looks better than the other trailers we'd seen. 
Yeah. Um, but with Wonder Woman, it's just, I think, I don't know if it was the time frame it takes place in, you know, World War One or what it was, but I, I just, I had some high hopes. And then I'd heard a lot of reviews where people were more like the early reviews or critics or where were panning it, mm-hmm. essentially. And I was like, that, that sucks. Um, but Paul and I, we caught matinee there last, uh, last week on Thursday. Absolutely loved the movie. Your thoughts? Uh, I went with my sister and last minute addition to the roster, Mr. J.R. Mully. Really? And um, I, of course, with all movies and TV shows, it usually feels like I take a heavier hand than you. Right. You know, I'm the more critical one. I'm the one that rips things apart a little bit more, sometimes a lot more. I'm sorry. It's just the way my brain works. But God damn it. I love this movie. Yeah. I mean, holy crap. I kept looking at it, just the broad strokes version. Right. I kept finding myself thinking, you know, most movies would do this. Yep. Wonder Woman is doing this the way I consider it right. Right. Or at least better than a yep. lot of other movies. It had so many opportunities to, to screw shit up. Yep. To to make things terrible, to wreck itself, to give you the old groaning or the, oh, God. And it never took one of them. One of the biggest things I noticed that you have all these women that are running around in, in small outfits as far as their Amazons. Mm-hmm. So they have like, like basically like the skirt, the short skirt thing going on. And they have, you know, their warrior outfits on. They're battling each other and fighting. And, you know, they're, they don't have a lot of clothes on, but. None of it was treated as um, sexually at all. There was no like, there was no play on it. There was no teasing it. There was no gratuity, gratuitousness of it at all. They didn't have bustiers. They didn't have no, cleavage spilling at the top. No, not not at all. It's like I remember. Okay, GI Joe. Sienna Miller talked about how they made her have fake boobs from uh, to play the Baroness. Yep. You know, um, so she looked stacked up top in her you know tight cat uh, cat suit. Yep. Um, None of these actresses were made to look, they were not sexualized in any way. No. And I know that they put on the Hollywood makeup for their cameras and everything like that. None of them looked made up. No. You know, they they looked like warriors. They looked like warriors. Yeah. It was refreshing. It really honestly was refreshing. Like, I, I, because I kept waiting for them to do like some dumb, you know, to over sexualize her in some sort Mm -hmm. of way. And they never did. I mean, the biggest thing that happens is, uh, there's the scene where, because I know we're going to jump around a lot, but oh, there's yeah. a scene where you have Chris Pine's character and his uh, secretary or whatever. Who was great, by the way. Who was hilarious. She was great. For the little amount of screen time she had, yeah. I loved her. Yeah, and and they go to like a store to get, to get Wonder Woman clothed mm-hmm. because all she has is her long coat and she has her outfit, which is the her Wonder Woman outfit. Mm-hmm. It's her Amazon clothing. And to her, that's what you fight in. Right. You don't have pants on or skirt, long skirt or dress because you need to be able to kick and this mm-hmm. and that. And so they go and like, you know, they're in the store and like through the whole thing, Chris Pine's character is a complete gentleman, mm-hmm. you know, like of that time frame. And she goes to like, all right, well, I'll try this on. So she goes, to take her jacket. I'm like, no, 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 you don't, you don't have pants on. Yeah. You can't do this. But even then it yeah. was barely a glimpse of anything. She just opened up her coat. Yeah. It wasn't like she was in a bra and panties or no, anything. No, not at all. And the thing is, which was awesome, was like, essentially, that teased the big reveal to us seeing her costume. Mm-hmm. 
Because yeah, we had we had seen her in a costume in Batman vs Superman, mm-hmm. but they just basically played this movie like, well, this takes place first. So when we finally see her costume later on, and, and it looks like the Wonder Woman from the comic books, if you or whatever, you know, it's like, it's like it's a big reveal. Oh, here she is. Yep, she's got the headband on. She's in costume. You know what I mean? Like, she's going to battle. Yep. Flashback now to her trying on all these different outfits. <laughs> And they try on dresses and this and that and on and on and on. And finally, what they end up on is a very smart pantsuit. Yep. Because she can kick in it. She can fight in it. And it's not, you know, they don't make her up to be that, like, it's not, she's not overly sexualized at all in the movie. And I I really enjoy that part of it. I I think you can even take the word overly out of there. She was not sexualized at all. No, actually, you're right. There were two scenes in the entire movie that were sexual. One of them was the boat ride. Yes. And she was asking him, she's like, why won't you sleep with me? Meaning sleep next to me. And he's exactly. like, well, men don't do that unless they're married. And she's like, what's marriage? Uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, that you remain loyal and faithful to each other till death do you part. Well, do they do that? Not often. Well, why do it? I don't know. Yeah. By the way, uh, apparently that whole thing with her talking about the the 12 volumes of the treatises on the pleasures of the flesh, yeah. all of that was ad-libbed. Oh, that's the whole thing. That's hilarious. So there was that one, and then there was the one scene after they they liberated the village, and they went up to the room, Yeah, and he went in for a kiss, and they kind of took off her jacket, and that was it. Right. Like, there was no flag that they had sex. And the next morning, there wasn't any waking up and doughy-eyed or anything. And, like, the other, the guys be like, oh, you you need to do this. It was right back to business as usual. In fact, the person that we saw with the least amount of clothes on this entire movie was Chris Pine. Yeah. And it was he was coming. He had been bathing nude in some glowing water, and he was getting out. And she walked in. And, and so, even that, they made a humorous thing. Yes, it was all done in jest. Yep, completely done. And yeah, it was it was great. I, the only other the only other thing is when you know Chris Pine's looking at her, and she's got like the hat on and her coat after she's finally picked out an outfit to wear. And he puts glasses on her. His sex was, oh, yes, because spectacles is not going to make her the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. Right, exactly. Right? But she mutters it under her breath in a humorous way. But then she goes walking out of the store with, a, with her sword and shield. Yeah. You know, because she's there to, she's on a mission to stop Ares. I mean, which should have been a cheesy, stupid joke. And we should have rolled our eyes. It worked for this character. It did. Because she was never the... She was never Daryl Hannah in Splash. No. She was not the, I don't understand how the world works. She understood how the world works. She said, I've studied, you know, hundreds of languages. I know about the pleasures of the flesh. She was learned enough to know how the world worked for the most part. Right. So it wasn't a fish out of water thing. Right. But this is, she said, this is what a warrior does. Yeah. She had her sword and shield and she was ready. And she had a belief that Ares was there. And if they stopped Ares, then they, it would stop the people from fighting. Yep. And... You know, Chris Pine's character is essentially like, eh, I don't really believe you, but I kind of do. Yep. And then when they see her in action, everyone else is like, well, you can't believe what she's saying. They're like, did you see how she picked up that tank <laughs> and threw it? <laughs> yeah, we did. How do we know she's not telling the truth then? Right. You know, like, look what we witnessed her do. And that scene where she crossed no man's land was awesome. I absolutely Awesome. I found my heart racing. Oh, yeah. Like, it was, that was a spectacle. Yes. There was a lot of spectacle in this movie. Yes. And really, like, I'm coming off 
Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was the last thing that I saw in the theater. Same me. Same as me. Paul and I went and saw that just a couple weeks before. There was a lot of spectacle in that movie. Absolutely. In the way of, like, big space battles and yada yada. This was a different kind of spectacle because this was grounded. Yes. This was dirty, and it felt real. Yep. You know? That was a lot of this movie. I, I told people afterwards, the ladies that I went by, uh, sorry, I was supposed to go with my friend Kelly, but she was sick. So that's why Mr. Mully joined us. Um, I told them afterwards that the thing about it was in a lot of these comic book movies, and I'm going to throw Batman vs. Superman under the bus here, yeah. and I'm probably going to do it a lot. But in Batman vs. Superman, it was Batman vs. Superman. Now I understand that's the title of the movie, but these two walking dildos were in it for themselves. Right. Batman wanted to stop Superman because he didn't trust him. Right. Superman fought back against Batman because he needed to survive and because of Martha. Batman was a vigilante. Yes. Wonder Woman was trying to save the world. Yeah. Quite literally. Yes. The world of man was in peril because Ares was out there corrupting man. And if she could destroy Ares, she could save man from, from the corrupting influence. Yep. When we saw her, like, seeing the poverty, seeing these people who were wrenched away from their homes, seeing the abject terror in the woman's eyes, the child, the guy laying there with one leg missing, it felt real. All she wanted to do was help people. Yes. Every time, like, when she saw, oh, that man needs help, that person needs help, and they're like, no, you can't help everyone. We're on a mission. We have to do this mission. We can't help everyone. You know, like, yeah. She saw the baby. She's like, oh, I've never seen a baby. You know what I mean? So she wants to go see the baby because she's never seen one before. And this also, at the same time, to jump a little bit, played to Chris Pine's character perfectly. Because Chris Pine's character, from the moment we meet him all the way through, he is not a, I've got to do what's right by the army. I've got to do what's this. His character was about the greater good. Yes. First and foremost, and he never lost that through the entire friggin' movie, which nope. is amazing. No, he didn't. He never said, I found the love of a good woman, and that's you know, that's better than the greater good. He was literally always about the greater good, and I'm yeah. so amazed by that and so impressed by it. Yeah, the story writing, the, the, the person that wrote this, they did a phenomenal job. They did. The direction was a phenomenal job. Yes. The action sequences, the comedy story, the character building, you got emotionally attached to characters. Uh, Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman. Like I, I've heard some people say, like, how do you have Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman when you have, like, these other women out there? Like, And it was specifically wrestlers, I heard say. It's like, you have Beth Phoenix, who's a big, thick, strong woman. You know, Gal Gadot doesn't look like a big, thick, strong woman. Uh, so how can you have Herbie you know, Wonder Woman when you have these other women out there? Da, da, da. Gal Gadot killed it. She killed like she was the best part of batman versus superman she really was yeah and then in this she friggin killed she, like i i believed yep you know what i mean the like, accent what? really helped for one actually i thought the accent really added to the character mm-hmm. of it all but i i completely believed even like when like you have when they go to before they go out to essentially what it is is you have dr poison you have this this okay <sighs> wow we're jumping around a lot it's okay but the movie basically is is this we're in World War One. We're getting near the end where they're going to sign the armistice. You have one last German holdout who has a doctor called Dr. Poison working for him. Basically, is making a type of gas that can 
overcome a gas mask. It's a it's mustard gas, but it's, it's not sulfur based. It's hydrogen based, and so it'll actually crush and break a gas mask. So the gas mask will not save anyone. It'll kill them, and essentially. Chris Pine's character, his whole thing from the beginning, you know, where we first meet him, how he got to where he did is because he's a German, he was, he's a spy for, uh, for the Allies against Germany, and he got this book from Dr. Poison that had her recipes in it, if you will, and then his goal is to get it to his commander, so then they can go find her and stop her and stop this evil German general. And when they present their case to like all the men sitting in the room that are going to make the decisions about the wars, all the leaders and this and that and everything, when when they say, oh, well, we're not going to go try to stop him because we have this armistice. The armistice is the most important thing we're going to get it signed. And then Gal Gadot's character basically is like, how can you just let people die? Because it's war. And that's what happens. And to her, <laughs> she gets right up in his face. She's oh, like, yeah. A general should be fighting with his men, not yes. hiding in a room. You know, like the passion with which she showed, I mean, like it carries through the whole movie. Yes. It doesn't waver. It doesn't stop. There's just one simple thought, which is do what's right. Yep. When you see a wrong, correct it to make it right. Yes. Very simple. It is very simple. It's very simple. And Chris Pine's character is basically the same way. His is like, you know, we can't save everyone. We can't help everyone. But ultimately what we're trying to do is help millions and unfortunately if thousands or hundreds suffer for it it's terrible it's a great tragedy but we can't stop up everyone because we have to get here to stop this person before they do things it's the whole draining the swamp thing yes you know yeah it was just done really well it was done it so was, well it was done the, really well you'd mentioned the character development you know we see his ragtag group of people yes we've got his secretary all of these are characters that we got to know them. We got to appreciate them. We were never beaten over the head with them. Nope. You know, the sniper who couldn't pull the trigger, yep. who's got haunted dreams, we never had to dive any more than that into his story. Ever. That's all we needed. That's yeah. all we needed. We drew our own conclusions, and we never had a resolution. He never, like, suddenly woke up and said, oh, I'm now going to start shooting people again. Exactly. Or right. He was flawed. He was broken. This was what it was. We had, we had the, the, the Indian. Yep. She's like, so you're here to make money off of this? And he's like, oh, his people took my land. I have no place else to go, nothing else to do. So this is – and then you see him later on when they help liberate that village by crossing the no man's land and everything. People trying to pay him and he's refusing their money. Yeah. You know, and then you have um, – The actor who was the wrong color. The actor who was the wrong color. Absolutely. He doesn't want to be a soldier. He doesn't want to fire. He wants to be an actor. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, it, it, it's just – it's done well. I can't I, say enough how good, can't how, how it's done well. And this is not just, oh, the action was great or anything. This is a different kind of level. Yeah. Even, and I'm loathe to say this, the framing mechanism for the whole movie was brilliantly done. It really was. Because we open up on a Wayne Enterprises armored car. Yep. In modern times, we realize. Modern France. Yep. Going over to the Louvre. Yep, to where Diana is stationed doing her work. And he delivers the original photograph because we had seen in Batman vs Superman they had yes. a digital copy. Yeah. So this was a takeoff of that, and he says, "I found the original. Maybe someday you'll tell me your story." And that becomes the flashback. She's holding it, looking at it, and then we flash back, and then at the end of the movie, it comes back to her looking at it again. And she, those are, those are great bookends. She types the message to Bruce that says, "Yeah, 
thank you for bringing him back to me. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. it. This movie was so goddamn good. Mm. It just, it's one of the best movies I've seen in a while. It really is. It, I, I would definitely agree with you on that. One, I mean, I can't get over how good it was. My wife asked me, do you think this is something I would like? And I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like we watch Game of Thrones. We watch action movie, action type stuff together and this and that and everything. So my response was like, I, th- I think we just need to go see it. Yeah. Because I, I will watch it again. Absolutely. I will gladly watch it again. I'll own this when it comes out. Oh, yeah. I haven't too. bought a movie in forever, but I will own this one because this was just, it's freaking so good. Yeah, I haven't bought it. I can't even remember the last time I bought a new movie, like when it first came out. Maybe I bought it a couple years later when I found it in $5 bin at Walmart. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to actually buy a brand new flick, it's been a long time. It. I mean, we could sit here and talk about it all night. Obviously, we're not going to. We, we could keep going. I could keep going. But... The, the thing is, like I said, there were so many points where this movie could have screwed up. They could have gone the traditional route, the cheap, easy Hollywood way out. Yeah. But they didn't. They said, no, you know what? We're going to do this. Like you said, no sexualization. It wasn't even thought of. Nope. Not necessary. And that's wonderful. Yeah. You've got Gal Gadot, who is a supermodel, yeah. who is frigging gorgeous by most people's standards. And... They kept her covered, or when she was in her Amazonian armor, she was still covered. She was fighting. Yeah. She was battling. Like, yeah. you were, if, you know, the, the action scenes, the fight sequences, I mean, everything going into The them. final fight scene? Oh, between her and Ares? Holy. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It was awesome. Absolutely awesome. It was, it was just amazing. And you know what? This was another thing that really, really got to me and really, like, drove this point home to me. Do you know what you never saw in this movie? You never saw her knocked down. There was one point when Ares had her pinned down and she was kind of wrapped in the pieces of metal. But this woman never pulled a Superman or a Batman where, like, she looked bruised and beaten or she got knocked down or a tank shell hit her and she was like, oh, I'm winded. She kicked ass through the whole movie. She was unstoppable. Yeah, she was trapped in the uh, the tank tracks yep. wrapped around her. But once she got free, it was for like two, two, three seconds to, to make a point. Yeah. But once she got free, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, even when Ares would knock her down, even when she was, you know, deflecting bullets and everything like that, she never stopped. She never quit. She just kept pushing forward constantly. Like Superman battling other Kryptonians, he was getting winded. He was getting yeah. knocked down. He's a, uh, uh. you know, him and Batman beat this tar out of each other, and they're right. both like oh, bloody and beaten. She never faltered this woman was an unstoppable machine for a reason you know but still she's a god it was refreshing to see that in a superhero movie because they always try to humanize them by saying you know look they're vulnerable look she's a god you can't humanize exactly and they said that they were like you know what why would we humanize a god she was human enough in her desire to help people yes in the fact that she could see the horrors around her and say this needs to stop whereas the two knuckleheads there were like, oh, guys have RPGs. We're just going to let them get away and they'll kill other people. But you know what? We get a dick swinging contest to fight. Right. So I know Aaron Martin, send all your hate mail. That's fine. I get it. But yeah, I, well, my comment when I, when I posted on Facebook, you know, checked in at uh, Regal Cinemas with, with Paul, I said, well, let's check out this DC flick. I mean, it's got to be better. It's, I mean, it has to be tremendously better than Batman versus Superman because that's like comparing. <laughs> You know, breathing to not breathing. 
So I got a little grief for that. I bet uh, you did. But I just, yeah, yeah. But but we're not here to rag on that movie. No, ultimately. we're here to celebrate how wonderful Wonder Woman was. And I would love to see another Wonder Woman movie that takes place after this movie, but before Batman vs Superman. Like I'd like to know what she did next. Yes. Where did she go? What yes. happened to her? She's in Paris now. Was she in Paris during World War Two? Right. How did she handle the fact that Ares was dead, but yet we had more evil, more everything going on in World War Two? Mm-hmm. You know, because you know something that was her whole thing. My mission is to destroy him, and then she had that quick moment yeah. of doubt because he said, "You know, even if you destroy me, it's in them. Yeah. Look around; it's in them. It's in him. It's in them." And so she had a moment of doubt, yeah. and then you know what she did? Got over it, yeah, and said, "I'm still going to save the this world." Is my mission, yeah. yeah. So and it, again. Beautiful character development. Yeah, it really was. God. In my opinion, DC needed to do this movie before they did Batman vs. Superman. Yes. Before they, well, they did it before they did Justice League, obviously, yeah. but they needed to do this movie before then. And oh, and take some of the budget, like all of the budget from Suicide Squad and give it to this movie yeah. or something else, right. you know, throw yeah. it in a hole in the ground. But, you know, I know we've, we've bagged on the DC movies in the past. We've talked about how great the TV shows are by comparison to the movies so far and on and on and on, but I gotta say, they've got gold, they've got platinum, they've got a winner with this one. I'm Absolutely. Yeah. It, anybody who's listened to the podcast at any point knows that I usually find something to dog on a movie. I yeah. couldn't find anything. Yeah. Like, I left the movie thinking, what can I say bad about this? I think the last movie that I saw that was this good was probably Winter Soldier. I mean, like, if you look at the, like... Wow. Yeah, but that was a while ago. That's yeah, what I'm thinking. exactly. That was a while ago. Well, okay. A superhero movie, I guess, because, I like, and I know not everyone did, but, like, I loved The Force Awakens. I did as well. I loved The Force Rogue Awakens. One. I loved Rogue One. I thought they were both brilliant flicks. But also, in both of those, there were parts where you're like, yeah, but this happened, and, you know, yeah. why did this happen? Why did this... But, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, like... yeah. It's hard. It's like in the world we live in, it's almost like people get more more praise for shitting on things because they did it in a funny way or this way or they ripped it apart or whatever. And ha ha ha, we're so cool. We ripped it apart. It's like it's like the Kevin Smith thing. You know what I mean? Like when he's talking to his friends, oh, so cool, so cool, so cool. I told him about Superman sucked, this and that. And his friend's like, well, did you ask to see, tell him you could write it better? Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> so it's like for me, like I try to watch something and just – Lately, especially, mm-hmm. I try to watch something and just I want to see the good in it. Yeah. And I want to accentuate the positives and try to like, all right, well, this was negative, but this was so good. So it's OK. And there's some movies like Batman or Superman where I can't find. <laughs> I can find some good stuff in it. Wonder Woman, for instance, Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman. You know, I'm, I'm normally a very positive person. Yeah. You know, I send motivational messages to people. I'm very uplifting, I've been told. Mm-hmm. But. When it comes to TV shows, movies, stuff like that, yeah. I'm not trying to do it for popularity. I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Most people yeah. do. It's easier to fit in for dogging on something than yeah. it is. And I, that's never been my motivation. My motivation is I I don't want to say, oh, it was a piece of shit and not explain it. Right. If I didn't like it, I'm going to say I didn't like it. Right. And here's the reasons why. This is what I would have done better. This is exactly. I'm not in Hollywood. I can't do it better from my couch. I understand that, but... But I can't find a dang thing wrong with Wonder Woman. I really can't. Dude, it's it's shocking to me. It really like it's shocking in a good way. Yeah. But it really shakes me because I friggin' loved it. Yeah. God. It's 
seriously, people, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, but you said, oh, well, you know, I don't mind a little spoiler. Do yourself a favor. If you see one movie this year, go see, far, Wonder, Woman, go see yeah. Wonder Woman. And if you see two movies, go see Wonder Woman again. Because yeah. I imagine it's just as good the second time. I do want to check it out again. If my wife doesn't want to go or we can't find the time, I'll probably go alone someday during the day. I mean, it is a good movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yep. Well, I think that does it. Yeah. That's the, this week. We just spent, you know, 25, 30 minutes talking about Wonder Woman. So it deserved it. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyways, um, so I'd love to hear anyone else seen it, what they think on it. And uh, you can reach us on uh, the Twitter. I'm at Superstar Mel. I'm at the Quantum Geek, G33K. The show is at What Did You Watch? We have the Facebook page, What Did You Watch? This week, go give it a like. And, yeah. Oh, I wanted to clarify one thing, just so you know. Um, I do not have access to the What Did You Watch Twitter feed. So sometimes messages come in that are only addressed to that. Oh, yeah. And they're addressed to both of us. And I'll see, like, if Mike responds. Yeah. I'll see it. So if you do want to get a message to me as well, you're best off putting my handle yes. in there, too, yeah. so that I can see it, you know. And I could join the conversation because I'm not being rude. It's just makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. So that was it. All right. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. See you next week.